0: hello and welcome to often wrong never in doubt with montgomery west i'm your host montgomery west and today we are joined by will scott hello it's me yeah i'm scott how are you
1: i'm great i um i literally got off the phone with uh with my stepmom uh i got into the the school the like the, the parisian one which is cool and I, I i let her know and she was like immediate. she i mean she said congratulations like congrats you i'm glad you you were working on this for so long but like what's next what do we do next i'm like yo relax you're like
0: i just got like, the call i just got the call mom like
1: yeah Process it. um so i now i have to do a bunch of research to find out a whole bunch of financial stuff and figure so out. So, are you to like,
0: get... wait? Are you waiting on anyone else, or is this just sort of like, yeah, I'm gonna basically this is it, or I just stay here?
1: Oh yeah, I have I have an interview um, with a different um, Paris College art art college in Paris um, on Saturday, but. That one I'm a little less confident on because the one I got into is, like, it's, it's kind of liberal artsy, you know? It's very loose. The one that I have an interview for, it's very hunkered down, traditional, fine art kind of spiel going on over there. And my portfolio was... It was... Is it not enough that you
0: would want to do fine
1: arts for another four years, type of thing. Yeah, like the the one that I got into, it's it sounds pretty cool. Like, it's, from what I've seen, it's basically like sophomore year, or like what you guys thought our sophomore year was, because you had a little bit of a more kind of hardened But <laughs> You.
0: The, in the middle of divorce, Castleman so yeah
1: we got the we got the hurt in Castleman so he was so yeah from what I've heard it's kind of like uh, like you have assignments you have things to do but it's whatever and then we get to go to museums and walk around the city um so this, is art, the lib- this is the
0: liberal
1: arts one then yeah so it's the liberal one it's more so all the things around Art. Like, we still do art, but it's more so focusing on the cultural aspect rather than just like techniques, you know, pilots. Shit.
0: I think that's what I'll be up to at NYU. Um, I ended up committing, so I'm gonna be at Tish for collaborative arts, which is no
1: ex- way.
0: yeah, yeah,
1: switched it up.
0: Yeah, I switched it up. I know it seemed like I was going to London for the longest, mostly because I found out in November, so it was like. Yeah, it's a done deal. Like, I might as well put all my eggs in this basket emotionally, because, like, if I don't get into anything else, then this is great. Um, and I was really sold on the idea of going for art direction and, like, going down this path of, like, being a creative director or an art director. But I realized after I got into NYU and I actually did research on my major, I was like, I could still do that. But what you were saying about your liberal artsy place in Paris, that kind of reminded me of what I'll be doing is that not only is NYU like liberal arts, um, the major is like extremely experimental and like changing the way that you approach art and make art and are a storyteller through different arts. And I'll also get to try like doing like different roles in like film and like TV or like acting and stuff like that. So I think that would just be like kind of the type of opportunity that I'd like to have where I could kind of try a lot of stuff. Cause at Soda, you know, I didn't no. really try anything else other than drawing, but what
1: the fuck that. kind of major do you, are you what major where it's like literally do anything that sounds fire
0: yeah there's like sort of a storytelling em- emphasis it's like i don't know they kept saying the word like creative experimentalists are in this major and like you have to be curious ambitious and like you're interdisciplinary artists with this sense of openness and it's like okay these are all just like very general words but when we got down to the yeah. curriculum and it was like okay I'll be having to take an intro to digital tools class, which is like, okay, I have to learn how to use Photoshop and Adobe Premiere and all this stuff. So I'm like, no matter what, I could leave college knowing that. And that's even a good enough skill. But then on top of that, I'm required to take like a dance class or movement, as they say, or like a acting class as well. And then the rest of it, I kind of get to pick and choose. And I was looking around at the different minors that are available, like within arts and public policy, they have some really cool stuff just about like sort of how you were saying in your school, it's like more so the culture around like how art is created and like learning about all the factors that go into like what art is and sort of building, they said like, they're building it up from the bottom, like sort of breaking apart everything and then like putting it back together. And I was like, yeah, this is, this sounds fucking cool and experimental. Yeah. And the fact that it's super new, like I think it started in 2019. So nobody's graduated from it yet. So it's like, okay, I mean, kind of pioneer moment for me
1: it's crazy they made a major for all the undeclared kids
0: it's like <laughs> they the... made a major for everyone who wanted to go to tish but was like oh i don't know what i want to do at mm. tish so yeah but it's still i don't know still pretty cool
1: no that's that's fine
0: yeah so that's definitely exciting moving on forward like doing yeah
1: thing. you d- definitely pulled the fake out right there because i was like I was, I mean, you made it very. very I, I don't know. I guess you you did keep it pretty open to NYU, but the the, the few times that we did talk about it, you're like, uh, I might just end up going to the UK. So that was that was a big surprise right there.
0: Okay, I mean, it was mostly because I just didn't do a lot of research, and I think I was kind of in my brain, like selling myself short, like. I didn't realize until i got in that like getting into nyu is an option like i just thought like i would apply and then i would get waitlisted or i'd get rejected and then like i would just move on with my life mm, you know? yeah so after i got in i had to like research what i was doing or like the opportunities at that school and i was like you know what like i've actually been to nyu i've like stayed in a little apartment like in greenwich village nearby before like i am familiar and But at the same time, New York is, like, still so big. So I was like, this might be a better option. Also, I can study abroad in London if I, like, need to, like, really. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. But I actually think I went. it's different with college. And it's also different when you're in an entirely different country with a different language. But at least going into high school for me, I didn't go to high school knowing anyone at Soda. And I had the most fun in that first week meeting everyone and, like, being like besties with a bunch of people because there's no pre like there were no ties I had and even Mm. like I didn't even have that many mutual friends with people so people are just like who the like who are you and it was like I don't know
1: I that at first week was it wasn't I wouldn't even say it was rough or anything it was like the only okay I don't know how it's gonna work when I when I get to wherever i'm gonna go because when high school obviously i'm different from when high school started like i you know i can hold and start a conversation i can can go up to people but like still i'm not i'm not a kind of person that like i don't like getting to know people it's like either i already know you or you just you go straight into we have to go straight into acting like we know each other and that's how Nico was. Nico was my first friend at mm-hmm. Soda. And basically he just be became friends with people for me. And then I just became friends with them eventually. And that's how that worked. And now we're all homies. So I don't it's either I find another another a Nico replacement. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: or I might have to I might have to really sit down and listen to people talk about their lives
0: or you could just act like you already know people you could be that person that's like hi and then just i I don't
1: think it works like i've tried it before like making new friends and and being like just going straight into being myself and then they i don't know it's always that weird layer of um should i act this way around this person should i like it i i hold myself back because i see other people hold themselves back in a in a conversation or in a new setting so i'm just like no like i'm not gonna make my i'm, I'm not gonna look fucking dumb while you guys are observing
0: yeah i i have had thoughts about what my like entry to college will be as a person a lot of people have been submitting their like bios and like photos to like accepted NYU 2025 Instagram pages and I've been like browsing those and just following people that I'm like "Mm, I hit it off okay and then like I got in a a group chat or two from like the Facebook groups but I've refused to like participate in those posts because part of me is still like No, no, no. What if I want to hold on to the idea that I'm, like, walking around and then I just approach people and they have never seen me before? That is kind of fun. That's kind of elusive. Um, I don't know if I could even keep up being mysterious. Like, I think, I don't think people who talk to me will think of me that way after talking to me. But I want to know, like, how difficult or, like, easy it might be to make friends if there isn't, like, a preconceived, like, oh, I saw you on, like, the wall of people that are in my class, so. You, I'm yes, we'll sure see.
1: it will be a breeze for you. You kind of just attract energy. You, you're, if, if it's not at school, it'll definitely be someone out, out in New York, Think you, yeah, you kind of got the, like, not- you, you talk. And I want, you know, there's always people who want to hear more from you. Yeah. Especially like you you don't, I've known you for a while and I've, you know, all we have to talk about now is just new stuff. So you can just dive deep into the archives and bring up all the, the old shit with the new people, you know,
0: that's true.
1: All those, all those. Yeah, all those stories about your dad.
0: (laughs) That's the thing, though, is when you say, like, oh, all those stories about your dad, I'm, like, I'm thinking, I'm, like, what are my stories? Because everyone, I feel, like, has to think of when they go off out into the world, like, what are those, like, core memories or, like, stories that I can tell people that are, like, I don't know, conversation starters. And I'm thinking, like, what are those for me? Because I feel like I kind of just go about my life saying things and then... I just don't remember a lot of the stuff like my friends oftentimes tell me stories about me or tell me stories that I've told them like I kind of just forget what my catalog's all about so Mm. I guess I'll have to figure that one out for sure
1: yeah I don't I don't even think I have anything like that like I'm the most boring person to talk to off the bat like I'm I don't know how anyone has ever see that that's where I can see like the the mystery plays out when when people are like you're you're mysterious I don't know anything about you you like it seems like you're thinking about things all the time but at the same time like are you or what's going on in the head like nothing it's that's what's funny about you I have no stories to fucking tell
0: that's what's funny is that like there's this intrigue of like I like I don't know he said some funny things he seems like he's smart he seems like he has opinions he seems thoughtful and then I talk to you and while that's true for the most part I feel like that's only like 10% that's only like 10% of you because the rest of it just sort of just seems like you're kind of just there to absorb the world and that's yeah. I think, where the mystery is is because people think that that all that that more that 90% is like spent doing more cognitive stuff but you're just sort of like I'm taking it in I'm just plunging up and then you have your like hit think piece moments where you just say something I'm like that is the most that is the funniest like take that I've heard this week
1: yeah no for sure I am fully aware that I'm a I'm a side character which is I'm completely fine with I'm not I don't have the main character energy, nor do I want it. It's just, it's too much. I'd rather sit, sit and just, like, there's nothing interesting about a person who just fucking sits and observes things. And, like...
0: But there is, though, and that's the thing about um, when all this main character, side character shit got into, got pushed into society, I don't know, social media and whatnot, into discussion it sort of made me question, like, what are people really saying? Like, are people's idea of, like, what a main character is actually accurate? Because when you think about, I mean, yeah, obviously there are diverse ways to, like, have a story with a different type of main character. But, like, I feel like in some cases, like, you have bland main characters all the time that are supplemented by, like, a very interesting cast. So when someone says, like, you have main character energy, I know what they're trying to say is, like, you seem like your life is so interesting or like you attract people into your life that are interesting but I feel like sometimes those people like those soft-spoken quiet people like they that could be a main character I don't know
1: I for sure would not watch that show that would be the most, like I think of, I, I do think about it I'm like I, I try to look at things from a third person and I'm like why like would would I really want to talk to me if I were someone else? And the answer is usually fucking no. Because I'm (laughs) I'm just like what like you know I have my moments where I'm where I'm super chatty. I can run off of someone for hours, talk about anything. But there's there's always it's it's usually like one day out of the fucking week, if not one day out of every other week. Or like two days, something like that. But the rest of the, the week or the rest of the fucking month is just it's quietness. It's just pure like I don't care. Like if it if it's not informing me about anything, if it's not important in any if it's not gonna not not set not necessarily change my life, but, like, if it's, it's trivial, I don't care. There's some days I do, so I don't, I don't even know. I, I don't think I would – I don't see what people may see in me. I don't know how people
0: – I feel like you're anymore. actually – I feel like you're not giving yourself enough credit for, like, how you can keep energy – or build on energy in a really funny constructive way like when I was thinking about I mean maybe what you just said applies to more like now when you end up like because now in like a pandemic a lot of us are seeing people a lot less frequently and our social skills have gone down the drain quite frankly um I feel like I remember moments in Castleman's room during lunch where like the energy would be pretty high or like there'd be a lot of good banter that isn't small talk it's just like I don't know people are feeding off of each other and like you built on that energy really well I feel like you are like I mentioned you were kind of like a sponge like I feel like if you have the right foundation that isn't so trivial like you can totally like you could totally pretend or like other people that don't really know you could pretend that like you're super extroverted and like you know always love to have banter or like be funny oh for sure
1: yeah, that's you can the fake
0: it pretty well. When you're in your moment, you can fake it pretty well. So. Dude,
1: I think that was the downfall of of everything. Like any any friendship, or even and or even relationship, it was just it was based on it was downfall from that fact that I was like, yeah, they they thought I was this this person for like one day, and then. I turn into like a kind of coldish person where I'm like, I don't care. I, I, wow. You, you, you got in an argument with your mom. I'm so sorry. It's all I can give you right now. Or like,
0: yeah, like when they see you or when they meet your low energy part of you, like they just kind of are like, wait, what the fuck?
1: Like yeah. Not- and then people are like, are you are you mad at me? Did I do something and I have to explain? No, that's just that's just how I'm built. Still kind of happens. I feel like
0: yeah, no, you're you are like you do have a very aloof demeanor, which like works for me because you know I'm just obnoxious as fuck and I'm loud and I can just like keep talking to myself basically if I need to, like if you were just a wall, like I could totally keep talking to you. And I feel like you give me enough validation and like the content of what I say to make me feel funny and like interesting and that like you care to be there in the present moment. But I know you well enough to know that like your silence or your like lack of expression or like, you know like detailed response is not, has nothing to do with me. It's like literally just how you function. You
1: know. yeah that makes me this makes me sound so bad
0: <laughs> this, just, this episode is just like shitting on will <laughs>
1: yeah it just it makes me sound fucking yeah. Socio- i, I mean,
0: mean i didn't think i didn't think we were gonna like go into depth about like how much you suck but
1: I mean. no i mean i i brought it up i guess
0: i mean what is going on with you other than you just got into college, so you're looking at that. Like, what are your projects at the moment?
1: Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking do shit. Okay. I, I don't, I literally sit around. I don't know. I, you know what? As of, <laughs> as of like the last two weeks or so, I've been, I'm telling myself. I want to I want to see if I can make electronic music because it just it seems fun it's it's relatively easy. Hyperpop is
0: in. I'm yeah. for
1: sure not going to do hyperpop but it's just gonna it's gonna be
0: Damn.
1: more um traditional. I don't know hyperpop is just I don't know. I find it too go ahead.
0: But I was just thinking like In my head, my brain is, like, electronic, like, music that is quote-unquote good to me is either, like, Daft Punk or Hyperpop. And Hyperpop is usually on the nose. Like, I tried to play Shy Girl in the car for, like, Angelina and Teo the other day, and they were like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, oh my god, like, I'm about to, like, open up the door, roll out, like, just get hit by traffic right now, because they didn't like Shy Girl. And I was like, oh yeah, I just remembered, like, Hyperpop is pretty jarring and weird for a lot of people
1: it is like if okay for me hyper pop it was cool when when i don't know when it kind of i guess charlie x i mean there was people before charlie XEX but when i think charlie XCX, yeah when sophie yeah,
0: linked like, up with charlie XEX for the first time
1: they're making stuff and they're making their shit um you had the whole youngster jack david shoddy shit f- fuck them but like also the the like slay world dudes like the all the like the head dudes who started making hyper pop it was it was cool then which was like i don't know 2019 maybe as far as i know and then um it just started to become so over like now ev i want to say everyone makes hyper pop but it's the new hottest thing. It's it's like... People are um,
0: definitely trying to step into it when, before thinking about how it goes with their sound. What were you saying, though? Sorry.
1: I just think they, they don't... It's just... It's all copy and paste. No one has found a way to, to push it even further. Because it's already... Like you said, it's kind of already jarring by itself. But they they... They they really, um, how do I put it? You know what it's, it's like? It's like fucking 2013, 2012 when Chief Keith came out and started the whole Chicago drill shit. And he had everyone and their mama making drill music everywhere. Like there's New York drill. There's fucking Houston drill. There was Atlanta drill. Same thing with trap or like mumble rap. 2017 to the point where it all sounds the same and no one is pushing it farther. So it's it's all co- copy and paste. So I'm just I'm waiting for someone to, to, to make something a little bit different. I don't know how they're gonna do it. It's already kind of experimental by itself.
0: It made me think of um, how much Rico Nasty's new album sucks because it's like an attempt to be hyper pop and like Mm -hmm. her sound hasn't been truly her or her best in my opinion since her album her debut album in 2018. Yeah like like that is that is her not saying like an artist has to stick to their thing but I feel like what is it called Nightmare Vacation was doing it was It, like, wasn't pushing enough of, like, what the hype, what Hyperpop is. It was just sort of, like, riding on what everyone was into, like, last summer, which is, like, Mm. 100 gecks. I'm pretty sure they produced a lot of it. Um, And it just didn't feel, it just felt very monotonous to me. And I, like, want to support Rico Nasty. I really do like her, but I just can't get into that album because I'm, like, this isn't pushing the boundaries of what Hyperpop is, in my opinion. And... It just sounds bad at this point. I don't yeah. know what else to say.
1: Also, I need to clarify not every. I'm not. Like a big disclaimer I am not a pretentious, like, music person. I'm not the, the kind of person that's like. Every fucking song and every music that, that is released by an artist needs to be. Like, fucking Grammy worthy. Oh,
0: needs yeah, I no.
1: Move. Like, changing the scope of music single hand like no it's just sometimes it's just too bland like there's
0: no me even too. I, I definitely want people to know that like this is my opinion not as someone who thinks of themselves as a music elitist or that everything that I listen to is inherently good I'd like yeah. to normalize listening to music that most people think is bad but um because we're talking about piper pop piper pop piper pop. pop. <laughs> 'Cause you're talking about Hyperpop. It made me think of Rico's album and the reason why I'm more upset with that is just because I really like her and I like where she started in her sound and I just didn't feel like it wasn't really hitting for me. That's just Yeah, how- I
1: wasn't I, I don't know how much of the album I listened to, but I was not I definitely wasn't fun it. And I I like Rico too. I wouldn't I don't I don't listen to her music often, but it's pretty good like it's it's different that's for sure I don't know I don't I'm not entitled to say what is good and what isn't I fucking listen to Nav
0: (laughs) well that's how I feel too I'm like I've been listening to Lana Del Rey and Nelly Furtado all week I can't I can't give a position that is like from a higher level Mm -hmm. um at all also it's just kind of interesting like in the music world going forward for me at least i guess this more so applies to like it seems like a lot of experimental hyper pop people or just i should just say experimental people in general are moving towards making nfts for like all of their stuff and it's just mm-hmm. sort of like That's i'm gross. curious it's really gross and it's embarrassing um especially in the case of arca who when everyone in her comments was like like bestie why are you making an nft like it's so bad for the environment like you should just delete this like please don't do this like you don't care about poor people and she kept um replying to everyone's tweets with the same copy and paste message that was like the company that she's working with k21 they're like partnering with like a different art charity that's like aiming to protect like a certain amount of acres of land from being destroyed even though the NFT collection that they're making will destroy a lot more than what they're able to protect. So it's just kind of like a weird thing where I can tell like Arca just cares a lot about tech. Like she's really into pushing things forward. So like the technology of what an NFT is, I would imagine, like it makes sense that that would be the next step in what she's doing, but it's just unfortunate that like it comes at a cost, such a like, ecological cost that it's like okay can we just like wait until this technology is good enough that we don't have to like ruin all these habitats first
1: yeah i want to i want to see myself as like a like a fan of music but i never want to be that dude you know you know that dude
0: Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh anthony pentano is that dude
1: yeah like oh my god i'm listening to fucking the microphones right now. I'm listening to... To, to fucking... What, what other good... Uh, mutual base? Milk ho- Hotel. Listening to Weezer right now. I'm so based. I'm so cool. You know, those dudes. Yeah. But... Also, I kind of want to be... not. I don't want to be a part of them, but I kind of want... It's hard to find a middle ground with that, where you're like, yes, I'm, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I mean, there is... It's a- hard
0: to find a middle ground between wanting to share your opinion and feeling like you'll come off as an elitist who, like, prides themselves a little bit too much on their music. And I guess for that, if you're asking, like, if I relate or not, I mean... I feel like I'm not always sharing my opinions. Like I don't always find myself wanting to share my music opinions online in a way that is constructive or critical. Like usually the only types of music opinions I'll give is if I see someone listening to like an underrated artist or someone else that I listen to. And I'm like, oh my God, more people need to know about this. Or I just really like this also. So I haven't really found myself in any of those situations except for, I guess, this episode where I just came for Rico Nasty's neck by accident Mm -hmm. but I don't know I like to clarify that I just am an enjoyer I'm a music enjoyer casually and I also listen to a lot of bad music so I'm not when I also when I like viciously like in in like a private setting like with friends like when I like viciously hate an artist or the type of people that listen to a certain artist it's always like it's always just histrionic for the point of like a funny bit or like drama like I don't really I don't really care if you actually think Conan Gray is good at the end of the day I'm not the type of person <laughs> to write a think piece about like Conan Gray or Olivia Rodrigo all of the the new like generic pop sons like I'm not here to hate on them because that's just a waste of time like that is bitter and loser behavior it is yeah I don't... but like I don't I don't yeah
1: most of the time with artists, I don't even care about the music. Because music is always subjective, whatever. It's, it's usually just the fan base that I, I cannot stand. That makes oh, me yeah. dislike the artists.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. The, thing, the issue I have with Taylor Swift is that I actually do like her last two projects immensely. I love Folklore and um, Evermore. And I also like I liked 1989 a lot when I was in middle school, and I still go back to it, and I think of it as a really good album. I and I like I respect Taylor Swift as a person, but the Swifties, on the other hand, the Swifties make it really hard, really hard to like want to like her or show any type of support for her online because of their behavior. It's like embarrassing, and it's kind of the same for Ariana Grande. Like I've been in the top like half percent of listeners. For Ariana for the past like two to three years. Um, I just like listen to her all the time. She makes me happy, but I just cannot interact with that community. Also kind of like a little bit with Billie Eilish. um, I like her music. I don't really listen to it as often anymore, but like when I was getting into it and there wasn't really a fandom yet, it was kind of fun to just like see her Instagram posts And sort of like learn about her in a way that felt more unfiltered because it's not like i'm looking at stan accounts to find things and then i kind of just got way more disconnected as like she blew up not saying that like no like i'm such a hipster for listening to her like at a time where i was able to meet her backstage and just like have her sign my shoe like that's not even the point of what i'm saying it's more that it's like a fandom can totally make or break your experience of Wanting to engage with an artist
1: or not, yeah. I, you know, what I feel so bad for, especially indie artists, um, that uh, that I get so you know how people have their like, or at least mm-hmm. nowadays, have their little indie art ho or just you know, like artsy person phase, um. And they move out of it, and they look back, and they're like, "I can't believe I listened to this person, that person. I dress like this, and and watch this, that. Like, I feel so bad for artists who like who are categorized in that in that bubble, in that sphere, where it's like only only for fucking like 15 to 16 year olds who have identity issues."
0: I don't know, like how are they gonna defend 21 pilots or is it strictly just Fuck sort of like,
1: no, no one cares <laughs> about twenty-one pilots after the age of like seventeen.
0: It's true. I mean, I listened to them and I was totally a part of the fandom when I was twelve or thirteen. And now it's like I never want to hear any of their songs ever again or like look at a post relating to them. Maybe I'll revisit some of their songs later, but like yeah. I just I just can't. I think bring myself to like relive that
1: it, yeah I think that's what it is it's it's more so that's not too much of the um the music it, and it's more of the time and said person's life that they don't want to revisit like they're already on some new shit like why go backward that's I feel like that's how people feel with um who was popping in like, 2017, 2000? 2000. Okay, wait. There's that. That's a lot of people. So like, um, you could, you could throw Brockhampton in there. I don't feel bad for them. Everyone, for the most part, had a phase. Um, uh, who's that dude? Roy Blair. I remember listening to Roy Blair. Oh uh, yeah. And I've, I kind of feel bad for that dude. Cause he, he um, I remember seeing his tweet on my timeline. That dude was, he was like, damn, I really like got, like I'm just classified as this indie artist forever, cause he was dating Enya, and that's that's her fan base, and so he just got stuck with that. Um, not indie, but Travis Scott. I feel like a lot of a lot of people had Travis Scott phases. I included 2000
0: me included as well.
1: 2017 It was yeah. I'm just going to say it was fun while it was while it was happening
0: Oh yeah when I was at my peak like st- like when I like f- what what how am I trying to say this oh when I was at like my peak of standing him in 2017 when that's when Astro World no Astro World came out in 2018 mm-hmm. So maybe it was 2018. I got into him in 2017 and then like was like really excited for Astro World. And then astral World came out. And then I had an amazing rest of the year listening to just like astral World. And I still now I I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I still listen to rodeo like a decent amount. Not like just to play the album, but the songs are like filtered or like littered throughout mm-hmm. my playlist. But like that era of like liking astral World is definitely like if I listen to it again now, I don't think I would be super cringed out per se, because I was just having fun, yeah, no, me guess, neither. But did. like- It's
1: just more so that-
0: But like, it is definitely more so, I know I will never be listening to it in a headspace that is quite the same as like 14, 15 Yeah, because old.
1: like, so for me, what it is, it's the same, same thing with like, Tyler, the Creator, Earl Sweatshirt. It's not so much the music is bad. It's just the mo- most, it's mostly that I went so hard for those dudes- um while they were they were kind of still in the come up and now that they're they're kind of uh blown up you you feel kind of gross supporting them cuz you you see the way that other people are supporting them now and you're like I can't believe I ever looked like that i mean it was it was very different cuz i mean it was still kind of gross with, with Travis Scott but i mean like as far as Future, Tyler, Tyler the Creator and Earl Sweatshirt, that whole group, it was different. The, the way people saw those dudes were different back then. Now, if you get caught listening to Tyler the Creator or Earl Sweatshirt, there's there's definitely some side-eye, you know?
0: It's It's a weird side-eye, though, because it's from different directions, because it's either from people within the fan base that listen to it that are like, Mm, I wonder why they got into Tyler and mm-hmm. and then you have to like sit there defend yourself basically like I listened to that which would get super stupid after like 10 seconds and then you also have people side-eyeing you like oh you you're going through that phase right now like you know so you have the people yeah. out of it so there's definitely that. um it's interesting to see with Brockhampton though like we I think almost everyone I know that was in that phase deep in like freshman sophomore year at least for me um like does not fuck with them whatsoever and is like their music is bad. Like, which is kind of true. Like I've I've heard some on Shuffle and been like, if this wasn't Brock Hampton, like maybe I would be like, maybe I would throw it a bone and be like, let me get into this, but I just skip it. And I'm pretty sure they just released their like last album ever. I'm not really paying attention that much, but I thought that's what the T was. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of a good sign. Like, are we moving out of this phase? I mean, as a society, can we collectively move on from Brockhampton?
1: It it definitely came out at the right time, you know, when they had the little summer summer run, and everyone was, you know, like, it was the whole like super like, skater indie boy like elusive. Kind of person, like I just want to be in love. I wanna, I wanna ride in a car with my friends, going down to the beach, kind of a uh, setting that was happening back then. But um, now, yeah, it does. I don't think it it holds up. It's kind of weird.
0: Yeah, that's I think why I guess I emphasized that it's kind of good that it's coming to a close at this point, because it would be kind of odd for them to keep going with this vibe that I feel like the world has kind of left behind in a way. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I got into them out of peer pressure because like in the end of freshman year when my friends were listening to them and they're like, they're so cool. And I was like, I'm sure this is cool. And like every time I would listen to them, I found like several songs that I genuinely did enjoy but then like as a whole like listening to their discography was kind of like a chore which is like I guess embarrassing for me to admit that like I was kind of a poser like I got into them for the reasons of like it was just convenient for me to like also like them because like my friend group at the time like really liked them so I was like okay yeah this is what I'm doing but it's interesting when I catch myself doing something like that now where I'm like You know, I feel like I should get into, I don't know, like I can't think of an example that's modern. Oh, 100 Gex. That was Mm. me last year. I was like, I guess I should get into this Mm. because I actually, it was interesting for me because I was like, I like Charlie XEX a lot. I guess I'll like 100 Gex and like, I liked a few Mm. of their songs, but like I wasn't as into it naturally. Like I find myself doing that a little bit with some trends. I will definitely say Brockhampton and 100 Gex are the only two artists I can think of that I definitively did that yeah. for. Yeah.
1: I like with most whoa, I just got a list with most things <laughs> um, it was cool in the beginning. Yeah, it was cool when they were when they were I I, don't, I won't even say they were too cool. They were just like it was it was new, interesting. You didn't hear it before, and then all of a sudden it just got really annoying. It just got I'm I can't handle the satirical shit. I don't know. All my brain can handle nowadays is like, is is drone like ambient music, orchestral, and I started listening to drum and bass because that's kind of it's the only upbeat thing I can you know I mean, besides fucking nav and like maybe drake tracks
0: <laughs> that's like, really funny <laughs> that's really funny though because it's like you're getting into the producer's mindset you're listening to these ambient orchestral and like drum and bass like very raw things to just sort of experience what music is at its core and then you're like but for a little bit of flavor well add some nav and drake as it tracks, yeah it's which so is just kind of funny.
1: i can't give it up it's there's something about both of them that i just cannot stop with it. It's not even, I'm not going to say it's, it's bad. It's not even like good, bad, or like bad, good. It's just, I don't know. I, I,
0: it's accessible. It's easy to listen yeah. to. When I got into listening to like hyper pop, I definitely like that. I feel like is one way you could develop a weird twisted sense of elitism. Cause you're like, you guys just don't get it like I would understand if someone didn't get Arca or Sophie or Charlie XEX or Shy Girl or whoever I listen to that I consider to be in that genre
1: it hurts me dude that's why <sighs> um like I I was very big on um posting music on my story like my main too, like every fucking day every single minute and I I can't I don't know if if it was was this reason or not but I find um, that people people think they are interesting or they are cool because they're into or listen to artists who are cool or like interesting or do something different like no dude you're not that listening to fucking like Aphex Twin and and fucking I don't know like Arca and then making a topster doesn't make you unique like there's way too there's way more shit that goes into it and that's that's also why I do not like I love the TikTok people
0: Well, you know, what's actually fascinating that you bring that up is that recently, I think people were discovering Addison Rae's public playlist, like the Hype House girl who was on Jimmy Fallon doing like her silly little dances that she didn't even make. Um, And on her playlist was like Weezer, the Smiths, and then like Arca and Sophie and like all these other artists that like on internet spaces have a community of people that kind of feel like they're a bit cool for like listening to them and so you have all these people like it's a mixed bag of like people just making jokes like could you imagine her like hanging out with Bryce Hall and Noah Beck and all of them and like just playing this music like that would be kind of funny and then you have people who are genuinely like what like is Addison Ray cool or um I bet she didn't even find this music herself. I bet she just like hit the refresh. She found one of the songs or got recommended a song and then hit the refresh on like all the suggested songs that she could add that are related. And sort of like, well, why are you so bitter that someone that you perceive to be as like bland or just-
1: It's literally just fucking wiggly, wiggly vibrations <laughs> coming into our ear. It doesn't mean shit. That's how it- yeah,
0: go like ahead, I, go think, ahead. I No, no. I I feel like people get a little bit too protective of the identity that comes with liking an artist. I think that it is great when you find artists that genuinely do speak to you or you came to in a time in your life that like helped you discover yourself, which is I know like Sophie FK Twigs, Arca are like artists that I can think of that I have like mutuals with on Twitter that like genuinely like those artists have like helped them in like their journey with like gender. And so like I see why like people could develop such a close parasocial type of relationship with their music and what it means Mm -hmm. to like their music, which I think is like fine. Like that's totally acceptable. I'm not coming on my podcast to police the way that people consume music or if you want to like listen to an artist or front like you listen to an artist for some reason. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not even mad at that or like I'm not trying to police the way that people express their love for the music they listen to, but sometimes it is weird when people are, like I said, just protective over what it means, like what is associated with listening to certain people, and then like holding on to that so close. That's
1: okay. There's there's two things that came into mind I want to talk you about, but I'll hop into the first topic first. Is going back, circling back to the, the hyper pop thing, when you mentioned the 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 Ark FKA Twigs. Sophie, um, kind of building a community where it's super inclusive to to people and helping them find their their sexuality and their just the, their identities in general um, and how they they want to present themselves to the world. That's one thing that Hyperpop does well, or that that I can applaud Hyperpop for is it gives. I see so many trans producers or like lgbtq producers that I'd normally or that you probably normally wouldn't even see or and or hear of um if it weren't for hyperpop which is which is sick i think that's pretty cool it's, it's,
0: Oh, definitely. I'd love to leave the podcast listeners knowing that we are both fans of hyper as a community and as a style of music. And also every single artist that I mentioned I do like and listen to other than Conan Gray and Olivia Rodrigo. Those are the exception of everyone I listened listed this episode. Those are the only two that I like don't listen to. Everyone else that like I am bringing up, I genuinely like do love and adore their music and like their personas even though you know arca and shy girl are on the nft train it's a little it's a little sad but you know what are you gonna do there's nothing i can't that's one thing that's interesting i saw a thread this reminds me i'll get back to what you were gonna say but this reminds me of a thread i saw that was like list of celebrities that have partied during COVID and why I'm unstanding or like who I'm unstanding. And then it was just a thread showing like Megan Thee Stallion had like four parties, Doja Cat had five parties, Charlie D'Amelio had six, like just a various array of people that have just been disobeying sort of the expectations of what we're supposed to do in a pandemic. And I saw it because the quote retweet was like, Yeah, if this was a, if we were normal people or just like, yeah, if you were talking to normal people about this, you would see the thread and just be like, oh, that sucks. And then just like move on with your day, like Mm -hmm. not worry about like, oh, my God, I stand this person or like this parasocial relationship I have with someone makes it so that I have to like let go of something by admitting to myself that they did something that's stupid and wrong morally. Yeah. So, yeah. Just a little tangent on the stand community, but you had another point you were gonna bring up.
1: Um, oh, with the the whole elitist thing, there's always like s- this this group of people who are into into fashion that pop up into my um in my feed. Sometimes TikTok when I when I do go on TikTok, there's there's these. It's always some. stuff really gross white dudes like literally like it it looks like someone tried to draw matt Damon from memory they always look so gross and then they'll like they'll be like judging people off of fucking clothes like off of fucking cotton and weird shapes and weird paper draping i'm like dude it's not that serious and they go so hard for i guess what i'm what i'm trying to say is um there's some kind of elitist uh stigma and connotation to being into fashion that i do not fuck with and i it would be cooler if I could just, um, you know, like I'm not a fashion, I never claim to be like a fashionable person like a fashion person. So that's another thing that I don't like is when you start to like rag on a brand or if you try to, I don't know, even just simply as reposting like a, like a brand, a, a clothing or whatever people look at you and look at your outfits and be like, this dude doesn't know what he's talking about. This dude doesn't know shit. Like, I hate that. It's like, why can't I just be, why just can't I look at this cool fucking button up that's a nice color and that that fits on this dude pretty well and repost we it. Like, why do I have to be a super, like, fashionista in order to have an opinion on it?
0: I mean, it kind of depends because I a, a little bit disagree with you to the certain extent that like sometimes you'll have. Sometimes I do think it's inappropriate if you like have like your plain H and M like white shirt and you're like Asos. Oh, what are, okay. And, and like a, Adidas Superstar. Like if you're commenting on like Out Couture or like something that is actually. A fashion community that like you are not participating in that like you just do not have the right to have any type of say in like critique. I definitely okay. Just making sure because I was I was about to. It was
1: yeah. It was more so like like you know I wear my like old black pants, plain fucking white tee, and I hold my opinions on certain brands. it's it's not even like I'm even into fashion like that or even anything, or anything around that. I'm just a fan of pop culture in general and it happens to be that fashion is just is is what's hot right now so I keep up with it. And um I find a lot of time these, like, weirdo white dudes, they, like, some some dude, some random dude on the internet has an opinion on a brand. He's wearing, like, those weird fake Balmain mall jeans. He's got the, like, the bait um, zip up. He's got the fitted hat. He's wearing some, like, Air Force Ones. They're dirty. They're, they're laced like his feet are going to run out of them, Right? and then you have the white dudes who are like what the fuck do you know about fucking fucking louis vuitton what do you know about comment des garçon what do you know about undercover oh yeah like you wear you wear typical black people things you don't know about fashion like shut the fuck like okay maybe that person it like
0: don't, i think there, the issue is that there's a conflation of, like, fashion and fashionability with designer, and a lot of designer is, like, you can have the worst taste and be wearing a designer piece oh, with your clothing, dude, and it looks terrible. It's always, not a fit. always it's
1: like, the fucking white. Dude. Oh, I, I, when, one of these days, I'll send you.
0: There are, I think that there are way more verifiable, like, fashion icons or like people that I think of as having good fashion on the internet that thrift or only have like vintage like secondhand type of stuff and like have one or two statement designer pieces like I trust them more because those people usually have the way better sense of styling or like the history of what they're referencing with their looks or like what movements they're sort of following um, and trends and color like they actually have an understanding of how to dress Whereas these people who slap on their, you know, whatever, you said you're the ball main skinny jean. I know exactly what you're talking about. The Louis Vuitton belt, the little Rolex, like people who just throw on quote unquote pieces, things that they think are like statement pieces that like might as well be H&M, you know, if it wasn't for that fucking logo, Mm. you know. And it's just like, I feel like those people are not, those people are a joke. Cause usually those are the people that are like I know fashion, and it's like there's
1: there's three people that always come to mind whenever. So whenever I'll I'll send you if I ever whenever I go back on TikTok and I find it, there's there's these these groups of people. It's always the same kind of people. So you'll see when there's like a white dude and he pops up on Instagram for you page on TikTok, Twitter, I. My instant thought is like, there's there's three things that this dude owns. He either owns the Rick Owens Ramones, you know, like the little Rick Owens that look like Converse, right? Like big, like fucking, it looks like Mickey Mouse feet. Um. You got the, you got the um. The, the the Mason Margiela tabby, you know, the boot with the little toe.
0: I like I like those. tabbies. I no like, i look
1: I tabbies like, are I great like but the people who wear them are awful okay and then you have the third guy who is like the minimum min, minimalist who uh who wears like carhartt he wears like the, the little like the weird thrifted tees he's he wears like maybe uh like an old Montclair jacket or like a Yoji Yamamoto jacket, like an archive piece. And then he has those weird like mule sandals. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Have you ever, seen, do you know what a mule is?
0: Oh, <laughs> yes, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: It's like, it's literally.
0: Wait, with, wait that dude wears like, that with the cart or what?
1: Yes, with the cart. It's always the same kind of people.
0: I've never seen a sandal I've never seen a mule sandal with a carhartt jean.
1: It's it's a look. That's all I can say. And they always they always pop out and they're like fuck you dude. Like I'm am going to drop some knowledge on on this brand to show that I have intellect in this one niche part of fashion that no one gives a fuck about like dude you no one is gonna be like yes <laughs> let's go you totally rag that dude like you totally fact checked him <laughs> oh my god you know so much more than everybody else like fuck off dude
0: yeah I mean The thing is, though, is that everyone kind of is getting into their like with TikTok, there is a moment for everyone to get into what they think their niche is, which oftentimes, unfortunately, is being an opinion haver of a certain grade. And so there are going to be people, there are various people I follow that actually have fashion takes that I feel like their resume has like kind of earned it. And I feel like that's cool, but they do get a lot of unnecessary shit from people that are like what are you doing like just spending all day hating like no they have like a verifiable opinion like they've been in the industry well
1: yeah you know but, like, I'm... then
0: you have but that leaves room for like the amateur like the the people that are like self-proclaimed like fashion elitists who are just sort of like you know what you're saying who you're making fun of but yeah everyone gets to be a thought leader on tiktok or twitter like
1: it's 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 awful
0: yeah it's it's awful and awesome
1: but you know yeah another clarification I'm a I'm a huge hater big hater I don't I unapologetic hater it's just when you're when you're a hater and you try to put yourself above someone else is what I don't like I'm a hater and I know I'm I'm trying to pull people fucking down with me. No, like (laughs) um,
0: I would just like to clarify that this is a safe space for being a hater on the podcast. To all my listeners, just know Will and I and probably more of my guests in the future will all be self-proclaimed haters, but none of us have any jurisdiction to be haters. I think, well, as the title suggests, often wrong, never in doubt, I think usually I feel like I speak in a way or I want to speak in a way that's like, vehemently like I'm correct like this opinion that I have is just so great and I think that's the tone that comes across so like when I feel like I'm being a hater it kind of sounds like I come from a you know above kicking down type of thing but it's definitely not I know I'm just kind of like another person I'm a teenager yeah
1: I think we should have we kind of or at least I did I kind of contradicted myself right there we had a whole segment where we we were just hating on on artists, on music artists, and people.
0: That's, I'm gonna have and we mean. were like, gonna... it,
1: it was a little bit, <laughs> it was a little bit like, we're, no, we don't listen to Brockhampton. We're so much better than that. Like, that's literally what we-
0: We literally had a whole yeah. tangent about that. So if you're a Brockhampton listener, I hope you get better soon. But also, like, at the same time, no judgment. If you need to, you know no, if you need to reach like, out to we, any of us, either of us please reach out
1: just it, like you can fight me i i will openly contradict myself that's okay <laughs> i don't care
0: <laughs> me, me too it's not that serious the thing is is like sometimes after i have like a huge long-winded thing i say on here i have this thought that's like oh my god a stranger is gonna listen to this and be like holy fuck like what is wrong with this person or like this person is insane or like they're just stupid or opinionated or something like that but then i realize i'm like i don't think it's that serious
1: let's let's hop into one of the topics do you have industry
0: plant ideas
1: yes but i have to i have to think for a second okay um oh speaking of industry plant there's been um did you see those those girls who are in a band they um they're an industry plant and they've been basically queer baiting. and like they're
0: have that audio that's like i'm never gonna hook up with a straight white guy again or is that those people
1: yep yeah those people they have like the dyed hair Mm -hmm. and they're like
0: are they not are they not like queer at all are they just like straight girls that are like no they're gonna hook up with a straight white guy again
1: people were um finding their old music and they were basically just like folk country music people one girl was kind of indie like they're they're bad um and basically everybody's been fucking just dragging them across i know i've
0: seen
1: rightfully so um but like i'm it's in theory it's Okay, I was gonna say it's not a bad idea. It's an awful idea. What I meant is successful. Um, it's in
0: theory gonna be it would be successful in theory.
1: In theory, it went it would be successful if they cleaned it up. Like with most industry plants, they kind of they they give they pick someone up kind of early where the point where you can fabricate um a come up, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you can officially say, oh, this person is a part of this label. Then they just straight out the fucking gate. They started, they just start blowing up everywhere. Um, You could find all of their old music and it wasn't the style that they're in right now. One of the girls like song writes for uh, other artists. So, you know, she's a part of a label. Like it was, it's messy, but like.
0: Oh, you mean like I more industry plants someone... do a better job at covering up how they're already in the industry? 100%. How do you feel about Koi LeRae then? Because people are like, she's an industry plant, clearly. I mean, I don't know. And she wasn't she dating Chippy uh... Red? I mean, I don't really yeah, like her I mean, music she... at all. I don't like, I mean, I just, I really, I do not like her sound at all. And of what I've seen from her Twitter behavior, like the beef she tried to start with Rico. Oh, my God. Full circle moment. Um, not on purpose. But, like, that beef that she started. And then she also had a, a Princess Nokia moment talking about how tiny she is, which is, like, okay. Like, I just do not know if I am I'm hopping. Just, I'm not hopping on the Ray yeah. train. I I have listened to Big Pur a few times. I, I like the hook. I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah, I'm not that's gonna so lie. Good. If you um, call um, me yeah, Big Purr, good. Like that's good. I'm not gonna front and say that that's bad. Like, I don't I'm hopping Just
1: on train. tired of seeing her doing some fucking gymnastics on my timeline. <laughs> she is never sitting down. She's always running, flipping, doing dances, and everyone around her looks so fucking tired. Um, I as far as do i think she's an industry it's hard to tell because she did because she was an integral part of like the trippy red kind of fandom like everyone i think in the trippy red fandom knew who she was this is all this i'm basing off of um like what i've seen on the internet oh, internet me, me i don't, too. I don't, I don't follow trippy red or Corlea ray but like what i what i found found is people are like oh she dated trippy red and then um uh she broke up with him or like cheated or something like that and then um started making music and she definitely could have had a normal come up that way but she's kind of everywhere what a telltale sign of an industry plant is if they have features with fucking everyone they're on every fucking song. Um or any remix. It's yeah, they're for sure in in, in industry play it.
0: Yeah, nothing against or, her as an artist or person. I just like don't know if I like her yet based on what I've seen. Yeah. I yeah. Other than you know what other than don't... Big pur. I mean that that was yeah. a hit. It was a hit, I can't lie.
1: What I don't like right now about, you know, I would be totally fine about industry plants if they're super open about it and if the, the industry plants actually cared about music. Like, I
0: mean, I just, I be, at this okay, point, I'm that. not really sure. Like, there's, what is the line between an industry plant and just literally someone whose mom knows Scooter Braun, for example? Like, does that even count? Is that an industry plant because they know they're just so connected to someone that's like has a huge place in the industry?
1: I think an an industry plant is someone who is I don't know for me it's hard yeah that is hard to define I'd say it's it's more so um, someone that's more that's in it for the money it's more on the business side. Um, and it's less like, hey, I make music. I just want my music to reach as many people as possible. I think people would like it. Um, it's their sound is fabricated. Their style is fabricated. It's all calculated, you know, to to get a, a certain demographic engaged.
0: I mean, that's why there is um, such a gray area because it is really hard to tell because we ultimately know very little about most people, especially like new artists. We know so little that it's hard to tell, like, when it's disingenuous or not. Um, there's like Billie Eilish discourse too about her. She's being a for plant.
1: sure a plant.
0: Uh, I don't think.
1: I'm on. Yeah. I'm, I don't know what your stance on it is, but I'm definitive um, that she's a plant. Because there's another sign that someone is a plant as if they got the fucking um, documentary. If you what what is there to like? Okay, so let me let me explain. So the newest things in and um music that's happened because of Travis Scott and Lil Uzi. So Travis Scott dropped his documentary. Obviously, there's been rappers who dropped documentaries before, musicians who dropped documentaries before, but nothing as big as Travis Scott's fucking Netflix documentary. And so labels saw potential in that. They saw money in that. And basically, after that, you got, what? The 6ix9ine documentary, you got, I don't know. I think they made another Tupac documentary, Wu-Tang documentary, Biggie documentary. there's a Kanye documentary coming out. There's And then you have um, Billie Eilish. I'm sure there's other artists, more modern artists. But there's a Billie Eilish one. And it was all purely for money. Because there's no... She's what? What? 18? 19? There's nothing mm-hmm. to fucking document. So...
0: I mean, I enjoyed her documentary. Yeah, I mean, it actually. doesn't... I, I watched her with my family. And I was like, this is, I was like, what it did document is like her songwriting process with her older brother, Phineas, and sort of what her life was like, um, touring and then blowing up and sort of like writing, I already said she was writing the album. So like, it didn't feel like it was empty in terms of the content. Like, I actually felt, okay, I mean, for me, it was interesting, because it was like, I got to know, or, like, I got into her, like, very early on, so, like, it was an interesting revisit for me to see, like, holy fuck, like, this is how much she's selling out globally, or, like, how much of a phenomenon she's become, so that was, like, surreal for me, I guess.
1: It can be, yeah, it can be a good project, it's just why it was made. It was made just off of the hype of the Travis Scott documentary. Now you have the phenomenon of deluxe albums, because Lil Uzi dropped his, so he dropped, um, what was it? Eternal Take. And then he dropped the Deluxe for that with, um, with all the leaks and stuff. And so basically every label saw that and was like, we need to do that. And it's the worst thing ever. Because it's like, okay, why when, so now what you have is artists making, Original albums and then having another album come out with the, with the album track list already on it. So basically, they're trying to suck you for plays. So they have the, I mean, the original yeah. album with the track list with, the, I don't know, maybe let's say 17 songs. <clears throat> 17 songs. Then you have the deluxe. They add on five, five new songs, maybe six. So basically, you have the 17 plus the six. And the same thing. So they they try to get you to listen to the album again, and um, basically, psych- it, it's 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 gross.
0: I think it depends on what you're talking about. I think with pop, I think it makes more sense because for a while, like pop stars had eras. were more that was like a, a thing to do is to have your era fully milk the tour the bonus tracks on the deluxe the collaborations the remixes and whatnot and so I feel like Dua Lipa has sort of tapped into that especially because in the when you release a pandemic album there's not much you can do with the era unless you like really are putting in that work to everything that isn't a tour So like you have someone like The Weeknd whose After Hours is like a pretty solid standing piece. And, you know, he plays at the Super Bowl. And so that's sort of like the extent of his era. But, you know, he had a deluxe album, but it wasn't like all these, it wasn't like a whole phenomenon in terms of like, there was probably like two or three bonus songs, if I remember. So his was more low key, but like Dua Lipa has been milking the fuck out of this future nostalgia era which I do like this music that she put out but it's interesting to see what that looks like across genres because there are some artists who I think it's like a valid thing or it's wanted from their fans to do that and then there's some ways where it's just like so clearly like not a passionate decision made by an artist who need who really wants to leak more stuff it's like usually a label will be like you need to milk I mean
1: I think all of it is um is basically I don't know you can you can enjoy the music that off of the deluxe you can it doesn't take it doesn't take away from the quality of it what what it is for me is basically the idea of it it's just like the the label is trying to suck as much money out of this person as possible, and I always see it as disingenuous, even if it's, even if it's like, okay, it's an artist I really like, and they have, um, they have uh, tracks that won't fit in a traditional um, album runtime that I would love to hear, or they have leaks that I'd love to hear, they have other stuff I'd love to hear, but Um, and they can do that with the deluxe, but I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. It always feels.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair. Like to know that at the end of the day, I guess it is like a lucrative decision. Um, even if the artist is enjoying it and wants to do it, I mean, it's always going to come down to what the label wants to do or thinks should be Mm -hmm. happening for the artist. So, yeah. I just don't
1: think we should, we should. People just need to get rid of labels. There's, there's no need for them, because real. I mean, labels for me
0: now at this point there's really yeah. no point because of in terms of technology, everyone and their mom can release an album, a song, or whatnot if they want to and have the technology. A, so now it's just a money. It's exactly. a money thing. It's a social capital like, thing. If
1: you if you really want. To do music, and you, you're like, I'm gonna join a label it's because you, you can't, you feel like you can't do it on your own, or you need to be fronted cash, because that's what they they do. That's how they get people. That's how every, literally every label dispute between an artist has started, is either the label shakes down an artist or the artist doesn't read the contract correctly and don't understand, and they don't understand that the label.
0: And they're not given a legal, a legal guide like guidance at all on like how to read. The yeah. Language. Like
1: it, it hurt. It physically pains me when I see rappers like just sign like a, like a, a million deal with fucking Columbia records. And now I'm, they're fronting me, um, um, or no, no, I get a 2 million advance. Like, no, dude, like you have to make 2 million. Like they're not giving you 2 million. (laughs) They're letting you borrow 2 million. And it, it, it hurts.
0: Cause you're still an investment. And a lot of people are just like, not like, they're giddy over the fact that like oh yeah under a label I can have the I can have all these opportunities connect and be on be like get features or like be Mm -hmm. featured on things and collaborate and have tours and play on Jimmy Fallon like I feel like people artists can get so caught up in that especially if they're kind of young or they aren't familiar with like the industry jargon that's presented to them on the legal papers like that's when you have people who are like they don't realize that like they are an investment like they're going to have to pay those 2 million dollars back.
1: Dude, I can't.
0: And so you have these people that are kind of enslaved to the yeah. label.
1: What's the name? Krishan. Love Krishan. But she 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 owes her label like I I don't even know how much. And basically what they what they do is they take your royalties from a song um if you if they if you owe them, and you can't pay them anymore, they just take your percentage off of a song, so you don't get paid anymore. And anytime that that shit gets um, cycled, they get paid 100%, or the producer might get like a point or two, or like the engineer might get a point, but um, the label gets the majority of that, and you get nothing because you can't um, recoup that recoup that much money. And most of the time, it's the labels mismanagement of an artist that leads them to the point where they can't make enough money to pay them back. Because if, if you're not popping, then they don't, well, from what I've heard from interviews, I'm not, another disclaimer, I'm not in the music industry, I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about really, but this is what I've heard from many sources.
0: That is literally the point of this <laughs> yeah. podcast. Is like myself and my guests talk about things that we, at the end of the day, are not like Val. We have no valid place in the conversations that we're having, but we're going to have them. In yeah. Based off of internet research.
1: I, I, from what I've heard, is that the labels, they just, they're grimy, man. They're real, real slimy. And I don't understand why artists or like I don't know yeah that's that's my thoughts on yeah industry plants
0: like if you could create an industry plant what would that look like
1: um I think I could make a good, a good mm, I, I do bless you <laughs> thank you I was talking to someone Maybe it was Michael. Maybe it was Daisy. One of those guys. Um, I was like, "There's fuck. What was what was the stereotype? Uh, I can't remember. But I I remember the girl one. I was like, "There's there's um, there's a sub genre of girls in high school that that are like that do that thing where they take pictures." Of their friends on fucking toilets and posted publicly oh
0: my god i, and I was, have been waiting to dissect that phenomenon for a half minutes i was, so I was like
1: it. yeah i was like that's a whole i mean there's obviously i don't know i feel like there's they all have kind of a connected personality where you could you could definitely find a way to cater to them if you really thought about it that's, that's so your more. industry
0: plan is just someone that that genre of girl in high school listens to?
1: Yeah, it, it's got to fit that kind of energy. I haven't, I haven't really <laughs> thought it out yet because I don't really want to think about it. But it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a thought that I've had. Um, what was the other one? Oh, there was a guy. I think like, there's a subgenre of, of guys. That, um, I don't know. There's a lot of sub genres of dudes that are that are awful.
0: <laughs> yeah, we could definitely go on for like a 2 hour episode of just like genres of men we hate.
1: Yeah. Um uh oh, there's the like
0: You could have like a Chet Hanks adjacent industry plant. That would be funny, I think.
1: Yeah. That would, I, I, that would
0: work for someone. There's there's a market for that somewhere.
1: What I think would kill it is if a label really, really thought about it and was like, we're going to take this weird kid and we're going to, we're basically, it's it's got to be like the ugliest, like the most unconventionally, unconventionally attractive person, right? Like, let me think of an example. You know what? Any of the, like, white boys of the month. Put put Tom um, Holland in it. Put Tom,
0: Tom Holland F- isn't even that ugly. He's just kind of, like, ugly. No, he's, he's just a dude. Like... Yeah.
1: I just mean, like, yeah. You, you, you just put a random dude in there. And then you do that, like, weird... um Instagram like mini mini um and micro influencer ty- style of posting i think there there might be some kind of musician that still does this but i mean like as far as the industry plant goes that would literally kill it if you just they just start posting random street corners that was it that was there so there's a sub-genre of San Francisco kids especially dudes who just who have a point-and-shoot camera or a 35 millimeter camera and they just they take pictures of nothing you have to, <laughs> yeah you,
0: yeah we're all call, familiar
1: i'm not calling out anyone or anything or or saying it's, it's okay i mean i think it's a little stupid but like you know
0: if you could say thing, that if it's your yeah vibe, if it's your if it's your, your thing
1: it, it's whatever i do things that's that you may think is stupid, it doesn't matter. But like, there's, there's definitely a subgenre of guys who like go out and it's literally a fucking, it's a, it's a film of a street corner. It's just a sidewalk or like a, 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 a stop sign with a sticker on it. And you're like, what am I looking at? Why, why are you taking pictures of old Asian dudes in like Versace. Like why God. Oh my
0: god. Why are
1: you why are you taking pictures of like of of uh, junkies on the street of like addicts, dude? It's kind of weird. What's what's up with this? Yeah. I think I think we
0: all thought of someone. I think we all thought of someone. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so there's definitely an artist that we can make that we can fabricate through the like as an industry plant that would appeal to these people or run an Instagram that is, looks like these people.
1: Mm-hmm. I, Both. I, I want, maybe, maybe they'll that'll be my selling point whenever, whenever I go to someone new, I'm like, Hey, can I, can we make a new Instagram account and I'm going to try to make you famous. Because there's nothing to lose. There's literally nothing to lose. Because if you fabricate an identity for someone, it's like no one's gonna associate you with that. Everyone will know. It's well, fake. Oh,
0: but if they're a face of it, if they're if they're the face of it, then they they can't escape that. But you can escape that.
1: Yes, but that's the price that they have <laughs> to pay. That's the
0: that's the price that they have to pay. So it's, yeah, I guess nobody's going to be doing business with you
1: soon because of that. <laughs> no, I I think I could wheel my way in somewhere. I know there's got to be some dude who does not give a fuck. That'll, mm-hmm. that'll be, that can be like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to make out. Uh, so all you have to do is sit there and look pretty while I fabricate an entire persona. Like I will run every single social media account. I will... I will do set up whatever um you don't even have to do anything like you don't have to make the music you don't have to make the drawings whatever the fuck I'm going to manage my industry plant get get them to their peak and I'm going to start a whole new um a new a whole new wave where we're going to fence First there's dish tracks, now there is, there's boxing, and we're just going to do fencing. We're going to move on.
0: <laughs> Industry plant fencing 1v1s. Uh-huh. Yeah, that actually, I mean, <laughs> that's funny because even though you have to pay for training boxers and the equipment for that, for some reason, I have a feeling that fencing costs a lot more so like <laughs> like dressing them up yeah. in the armor and getting them to train like that's such a niche. But no, I'm here for it. I'm ready for the wave of just fencing 1v1s to, you know, squash beef. It's the new way of things.
1: Bro. Bro, you really had my girlfriend in your fucking vlog? nah bro. Bro, we got to on guard. <laughs> On guard.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can see it. I can envision it for sure. Do you feel like we should we should probably wrap it up?
1: It's, it's been a cool three hours. It's been a cool
0: three hours. <laughs> three <Yeah>. hours. <laughs> this has been Often Wrong, Never in Doubt with Montgomery West and my lovely guest Will Scott. Thank you for listening.
1: Wow.